It's Kofi. Who cares? Trick Maverick. Same thing. It's on equal level playing field with Kofi. That's disrespectful. That's that's outright. You know, go to the next one. That's, that's, just, that's downright disrespectful, son. <laughs> on guys this is grapples to apples the podcast that talks about everything from professional wrestling to what kind of bling bling you into you got like that silver like that gold silver or white gold i don't like yellow gold you don't like yellow gold don't like yellow gold at all i think it looks mad corny really yeah i mean for you it's fine like whatever i'm talking about like on me i do not like yellow gold at all I'm more of a yellow gold type of guy. Yeah? Yeah, earrings, yellow gold, change yellow gold. I don't got interesting bracelets or rings or anything like that. But yeah, I'm more of a yellow gold kind of don't guy. Don't yellow gold for nothing. I guess I'm old school. You know what else is old school? This podcast. How do you figure we're old school? Because we're, we're getting old. Would <laughs> you shut up and keep doing the intro? <laughs> we're getting old. You are listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples Apples. That's Grapples, the number two. two apples. Remember, don't like that SoundCloud, we're on that Apple Podcast or that Google Play Music. As usual, I am one of your hosts, the very sensual, very doy, Mr. Sunglasses at Night himself, yeah boy, Shades, joined always by my hetero life mate. Will the Thrill, Poetarian, Shakespearean candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, baby, that's who I'm because that's who I is. What up, y'all? Mr. Thrill. Senor. SummerSlam just wrapped up. It did. And ultimately, had a 12th card pay-per-view, including mm-hmm. the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Not the best pay-per-view. Didn't feel like SummerSlam. Mm-mm. Definitely didn't feel like a big four. Mm-mm. We'll give you guys a rundown, our recap, our review, right after we ring that bell. So we had three uh, three matches on the quote-unquote kickoff show, which is the pre-show. First match being, for the Cruiserweight Championship, Drew Gulak versus Oni Loken. We spoke about this before. I did not think this should have been the opener of the pre-show. One, you said they shouldn't be on the pre-show. Well, I mean, yeah. I said either they shouldn't be on the pre-show or they shouldn't be the opening match on the pre-show. And it was both. Right. Right. It was on the pre-show and it was the opening match. And it didn't get the crowd into the pay-per-view. It's not going to. But it was a good match. Like, it wasn't a long match. Yeah, but this isn't uh, a... Your current jerker should be an energy match. And this is not an energy match. But none of the pre-show match... I mean... Buddy Murphy and Apollo Crews exactly. were on the pre-show. That could have been the energy, energy match, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. Right. But that's... I don't know. I mean, Drew goes over. No surprise there. Yes, sir, he did. What I found interesting is I was telling you when you got here, a year ago at SummerSlam, Drew was competing for the Cruiserweight Championship. This year, he was defending the Cruiserweight Championship, so nice to see. What, what 
a difference. A year, you know, a year makes. makes. Yeah. Moving on. Buddy Murphy, Paul Cruz. Teased that a little earlier. Yeah. I didn't see the purpose for this match in terms of like these two don't have a storyline going. I mean, you have a heel and a face. Absolutely. The only reason that I felt like they put this match in was to get Rowan in at the end. Right. Right. Other than that, I mean, you can insert anybody into mm-hmm. Apollo Cruz's uh, uh, slot. For me, when you told me that this match was made today, mm-hmm. I was like, why? Why not? I mean, they'll never, they'll never have Roman Reigns on the pre-show. Right. But why not have Buddy Murphy versus Roman Reigns? Yeah. Uh, open the show. Mm-hmm. Could have done something like that, but uh, you had Apollo Cruz, Buddy Murphy. Murphy goes up with Murphy was going to go over with Murphy's Law, <clears throat> but got reversed. Got reversed, and who uh, attacks him on the outside? But the big redwood, Rowan. Rowan. And that's when it became clear. This match existed solely for the purpose... Of introducing of Rowan. advancing that storyline with Roman and Rowan and Daniel Bryan and Buddy Murphy and all that stuff. I mean, Rowan was saying, keep my name out of your mouth. A fan was yelling, stitches get stitches. That was funny. That was funny. They pan to the back. Right. And uh, DB sitting there just very stoic. Yep, no emotion. No emotion. Which I like because you're not playing his hand. And it was like, is he responsible for this? Mm-hmm. And you and I were joking about it. We're like, <laughs> he's like, he did it for the rock. And I was like, he did it for the earth. <laughs> he did it for humanity. <laughs> for those of you they, who don't know, it was Survivor Series. Survivor Series. The triple threat match between the yeah, rock. What, what year was that? Oh, come on. I, uh, 2000? Something like that, right? No, 99 to 2000. I want My brain wants to say 98, but I don't think that's no, right. No, 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 no. I would say 99 to maybe maybe 99. Let's try 2000. Let's see if it was 2000. No, because WrestleMania 2000 was the... Uh, I didn't say WrestleMania. It's a Survivor Series. So it's got to be 99. Because WrestleMania 2000 was... Um, the Four Corners. The McMahon, McMahon in every corner. corner, yeah. So the 99 had to be the triple threat between Stone Cold, The Rock, and Triple H... And then the big show gets slotted in for that match, and he nope. wins. No. Well, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're yeah, right, you're yeah. right, you're right, you're right, you're right. My yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I saw yeah. Big Show versus um, Big Bossman earlier in the night, and yes. I thought that was his he, only. Yeah. Okay, no, yeah. So, <clears throat> sorry, Ooh, I don't know what that happened there. So, we mentioned that because I mentioned that 20 I years see ago. A lot of parallels <laughs> yes. in this match, this, this storyline now with Roman. And their storyline from Survivor Series in 1999, 20 years ago. So, on SmackDown a few weeks ago, they dropped the scaffolding on Roman Reigns. And then last week, they tried to... Someone the tried to hit home, him. The go-home show on Raw. The home show, was, that, was the go-home show on Raw? Yes. Was the car tries to... Someone tries to hit uh, Roman Reigns with the car. And, and it's, now it's a whodunit. And back in 99, Stone Cold got run over by a car... In the parking lot, which took him out of the match, which was a it was done kayfabe because Stone Cold needed surgery, and um, everyone thought it was Triple H, like everyone thought it was Samoa oh, Joe this right, time. Right, it's a whodunit, and it turned out to be Rikishi, who said that he did it for The Rock, but in reality he did it for Triple H because Triple H paid him for it. Blah blah blah. Well, he only didn't only do it for The Rock; he did it for the people. I did it for The Rock. I did it for the people, and so I was like, yo, this is like it's so similar, and that's when the joke of. 
I did it for the earth. I did it for humanity. I mean, the reason that he hit Roman's car, it makes sense for Rowan or Daniel Bryan to do it, is because Roman drives an SUV, which is not exactly... Eco-friendly. Eco-friendly. Right. So. Right. I mean, maybe all the hairspray and gel and that he uses to keep his hair moist helps destroy the atmosphere as well. Maybe I mean, if, it's, if it's using hairspray, then for sure he is. So he's, he, I mean, he may be, maybe doing a laundry list of uh, uneco-friendly. Imagine he's like an eco-terrorist. <laughs> and oh, C.J. Parker would come back. <laughs> C.J. Parker would come back. Nah, he's a little busy in New Japan right now. Anyway, moving on to moving the next on. match. The third and final match on the kickoff show was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending their. WWE Women's Tag Team Championships versus the team of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, the Iconics. Now, my issue with this is I feel like Nikki Cross, little by little, is losing what made Nikki Cross Nikki Cross. That, like, loose cannon, wild, crazy, you know... The, the the sister of the, of sanity is gone. Yeah. Like her ring gear now has colors on it, and she's wearing makeup, and like she's not doing the crazy stuff, running around like a lunatic anymore. She, she's doing she's not a, biting the rope anymore. She's like, doing a little bit of the crazy, ever so slight. She's just beating her chest. That's it. Yeah. I'm beating your chest hurts, man. Oh, I know. It really hurts. I remember doing that as a kid because of Tarzan. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, "Don't do it." I was like, "I want to be like Tarzan." And I did. And I was like, "Yo, that hurt like crazy." Collapsed the lung before. Never did it again. Yeah. I mean, um, y- yes, but I mean, look what they did with Sanity. Sanity, oh. they, he, <laughs> they never had a chance coming up. Sad. Gimmick tag teams like that, like, uh, not AOP, The Ascension and Sanity. Those, AOP also. AOP to a point. At least they had a tag team title run. Where are they now? Well, uh, Razar's hurt. Don't mean nothing. Well, was hurt. I don't know anymore. But Nikki Cross only kind of gets that, like, craziness back in her when something happens to Alexa Bliss. Right. And it's like, that shouldn't be your reason for getting upset. Right. You were nuts before that. Like, uh, what the heck is going on now? I don't know. I, I, I don't like the, the new Nikki Cross direction. I thought this was supposed to set up for them to, like, turn on each other, and we haven't done that, and now... This is going to drag on far too long, in my opinion. I mean, this could be long-term booking. But, yeah, but. it doesn't make sense because neither one of them are, well, singles women's champions. Now they're tag team, you know, women's champions. Uh, the only thing that's good about this is that the actual uh, women's championships are going to be on TV again. I guess. As opposed to the Iconics, who they did nothing with yep. after WrestleMania. Yep. And this oh so this also started the line of like did I miss something in terms of theme nights in in Toronto today because like Alexa Bliss was dressed up as Buzz Lightyear could be just uh, she saw like Toy Story she just seems up as Buzz so random I mean she did the whole laser thing yeah but again this seems so random it was random but it was. I mean, whatever. At the end of the day... Corey Graves called it out. Yeah. yeah he's like, it's not even a laser. It's just her arm. Yeah. Like, 
refer to uh, Nikki Cross as but as a Woody. Woody, I almost lost my mind when yeah. he said that. I mean, long story short, Bliss and Cross retain, and apparently they're scheduled not to face the Kabuki Warriors tomorrow night on Raw. Which they were always scheduled because we mentioned this on Friday that they're going to be facing the Kabuki Warriors on on Raw. This match got added last minute, right? Because Reasons. automatic rematches don't exist. Until they do. Until they do. To open the show proper, Raw Women's Championship match. The submission match. The disarmor versus the sharpshooter. Becky Lynch versus Natalia. In the match for me, Manny Clash actually mess like text messaged me while I was watching the match. He's like, since when does a submission match have no rope break? And I'm saying since it needs to fit their narrative. And then I was like, well, it's a submission match, so you can only win by submission. So the rope break would make sense to be disabled. Yeah, because the whole point of rope break is after the five count, you get DQ'd. Yeah. So if there's no DQ, then why would they count for a rope break? Because... You can let you won't like. There's no consequence of letting go. And the both women took full advantage of that, where you have her in the disarmor, you have her. Uh, Natty had Becky Lynch in a top rope sharpshooter that Becky had to like literally pull herself down to get out of. Mm-hmm. So both women did a very good job at holding on to submissions, even while they're out, you know attempting to get out of the ring. For me, this was the no-brainer. Like, yeah. Becky Lynch was going to win. Uh, Becky Lynch put uh, Natty in the, the sharpshooter. Natty put Becky in the disarm her. Then Natty puts... Remember when that was reserved for blood feuds? What? Using each other's finishers. Oh, this is not a blood feud. That's what I'm saying. Remember when, like, the only time you saw someone use their other their opponent's finisher was a blood feud? I remember when, like, The Rock hit Stone Cold with a stunner. It was like, yo, that's crazy. Like, that was reserved for only the biggest of matches. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do your move because what ups? Stolen finisher. I mean, the closing moments of the match, we had Natty attempting to put her, or put Becky in the sharpshooter, which was <laughs> reversing to the disarmor, and then she taps. And I was like, whack. I'm surprised they opened the show proper with a submission match. It didn't do a good job. The The first four matches, pre-show included, did not do a good ma- job at setting the pace for the pay-per-view. I agree entirely. One, SummerSlam, way too early in the month of August. Fact. It is August 11th. Mm-hmm. What the heck is SummerSlam? SummerSlam is... Usually reserved to the weekend the last, of my birthday yeah, the or the weekend, weekend after. Yeah. Never two weeks before. Yeah. So this didn't feel like a SummerSlam. Everyone that we know was utterly confused by it being today. Everyone yep. thought it was like in a week or two. And I mean, we're four matches in. It doesn't feel like a big pay-per-view. It doesn't feel like a good pay-per-view so far. And then we have... The next match. Everyone knew the next match was going to be, except me... So, the next match was the Goldberg versus Ziggler match. And now, for us, that came with a prop bet 
with an over and under. Uh, as we discussed on the weekly episode and predictions, we put a prop bet that the match would go over or under 2 minutes and 30 seconds. I chose the under, you chose the over, but the match went a minute 50. Because, duh. I mean, if you wanted to put an asterisk there because it went over two and a half minutes with well, Dolph Ziggler. Well, the segment, yeah. That, that, that whole, the, after the, the first callback, mm-hmm. okay, I could deal with this. But Gober coming down a, th- a second time after he went all the way to the back, it was it, it was a bit much. It was yeah. a bit of wasting my time. Yeah. Why? I mean, yeah, we knew Goldberg was going to... Everyone but Ray knew that Goldberg was going to be Dolph Ziggler. I knew he was going to lose. I did it. You know, we're, we're, I'm sorry. We're, we're filming a podcast. I'm right sorry. Now, we're right? not filming. We're recording. Filming? There's recording. no film. <laughs> Do you not know this? There's no film being used. Check out that over there. <laughs> As he points to the TV. As he points else. to the black TV. Dolph Ziggler. I knew this was going to be a squeakity squash. It had to be. I mean, the match opens literally. Super kick, super kick. One count, one count. Spear, jackhammer, bulky. Yeah. I thought it was going to be super kick, miss. I thought he was going to go for the super kick, miss it. And then spear, jackhammer, ball game. Well, it was way. super kick, super kick, third super kick attempted, speared literally out of his trunks, and then jackhammer, ball game, leaves the ring, and... Gets on the mic, yells, hey, Goldberg, you idiot. Dip, dip, some sort dip, of expletive. Dip, dip S. Yeah. Um, I knew you couldn't face me man to man. Like, wait a he minute. Said, Any idiot can... can Use one move. Oh my pet, he just he just beat your ass man to man. What do you? I don't understand. I was like, oh my god. Came then, out in another spear. Left. I was like, all right, end it here. Nope. Got on the mic again. Call him back out again. This time he was already backstage. Like the music hits. He comes back down, picks him up. Acts like he's gonna leave him there. Pats him on the back. And then bounces off the ropes. Rope, runs rope, back. Spear. Boom. Spear. And that's it. Why? I was like, wow. What is the point of this? We're five matches in <clears throat> to SummerSlam, and this it, this is boring to me. Yeah, I was like, if the pay per view is like this for the rest of the show, it is going to be really freaking hard to stay awake. I heard that. Moving on, your boy. That's you. Oh, I, I did the next match. That's you. Oh, I thought I thought you did the next match. This match actually woke me up. The U.S. Championship match between AJ Styles and Nightwing Ricochet. Yes. I'm like... Full on Nightwing Regalia. I'm sitting here. If there's anything that this match is going to do, it's going to pump the crowd up. Mm-hmm. It is going to pump everyone up at home. Mm-hmm. And it was a good match because these two guys have very good chemistry and they both know how to move. They both know mm-hmm. how to work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> AJ beats Ricochet after a beautiful transition reversal from a 450. Catches him midair, 
Styles Clash, one, two, three. Post-match, we have Styles sickening the dogs on Ricochet. They pick him up. The gals and Carl Anderson pick him up. Magic Killer. And that's it. And Ricochet sells the Magic Killer like nobody's business. I love it. This did what it needed to do. It had the OC looking strong. Mm-hmm. And after getting punked out by uh, the NWO and the and DX and, and Seth Rollins at the reunion, mm-hmm. they've been booking them really strong yeah. afterwards, which is okay. Right. But, I mean, you didn't have to do this. Like, you could have done this a long time ago. Right. They teased, as they usually do, Balor joining the... Uh, sorry, I'm getting a lozenge. Did you know we're filming? Got to get a lozenge because your boy Shades is a little under the weather. Wham. Pop that in for you guys. <laughs> Finn Balor in the back. AJ, Gals and Anderson come. You know, just say the word and you know... Say, just say when, and we'll be there if you need help against the fiend, Bray Wyatt. And they do the little too sweet thing, and they're backing up. And Usually, Finn's like, nah, I'm good, walks away from them. But he didn't say anything. But he was pondering. He was contemplating. It's like, hmm, maybe, maybe I should. Maybe I should get my bros in on this. My bros from other modes. And I was just like, yeah, I get Anderson and Gallows. But AJ wasn't even in the freaking Bullet Club when... Doesn't when it doesn't matter, It's a transition. Like they're, two, they're like two both, ships passing in the night. It's a brotherhood, bro. They're both Bullet Club, both leaders. Finn started it and handed it off to AJ. He was his predecessor, his successor. Whatever. In keeping with the theme of the night, short match, about oh, 10 minutes on the dot. Well, this, hold on, this is, don't, don't jump the gun, it's for me. I'm sorry? Next match is for me. Yeah, I. Oh, excuse me, that was 13 minutes. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> what are you talking about? No match went over 20 minutes. Right. No match went close to 20 minutes, and that is a major shocker. Because you know how WWE likes to give their time to certain undeserving wrestlers. Last year felt... You know, never mind. I'll talk, we'll, we'll cover that when we go overview. Um, the next match was Bailey defending her women's SmackDown Championship versus Ember Moon. This was the match that I thought could have been the surprise of the night. I know WWE for the Big Four like to have at least one... Surprise shock title switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this might be it because I don't think WWE really cares too much about Bailey in the SmackDown Championship. So I thought this could be the one. Put on number for like a couple weeks, and then her drop it to someone else. Who cares? Whatever. Um, pretty good, pretty decent match. I thought nothing, nothing crazy. But uh, at the end of the day, what I appreciate is so the issue that Ember Moon has had since debuting is that she's had zero character. Mm-hmm. 
She's just been, go in the ring, do your thing, and rely on your really cool-looking finisher. Because, let's face it, it's a really cool-looking finisher. She has a decent entrance, but after that, she's real Apollo Crews. Right. Like, visually, she has a really cool aesthetic, mm -hmm. but there's nothing behind that. And so, if you're going to not give her personality, then you really have to make her in-ring work shine. And so, for her to lose, she, in my opinion, if you want to build her, she's got to lose big. And I thought this was her losing big. Like... Mm -hmm. She had to eat a Bailey to belly from the top rope to lose. And I'm like, okay, that's strong booking that's keeping her looking strong. Now you just gotta figure out the rest. I mean, the match did nothing for me. Right? I don't like Bailey, mm -hmm. I don't like Ember Moon. Mm -hmm. But if I had to pick. Out of the two, Bailey has slightly more personality than mm -hmm. Ember Moon does, and you need your champion to have at least some sort of personality. At least Bailey has a character, you know. But does she now? I mean, she's not doing the hugger thing, but no. But it's it's more like they're transitioning that character from, oh, I'm just a hugger to like, no, I'm all smiling, I'm a hugger, but when it's time to go, it's time to go, which is reminiscent of what her NXT character was. They just haven't found a way to really do that yet on the main roster the way they did it on NXT. They've been booing Bailey as of recent. Because her shtick is... It's it's run its course now. Yeah. It's tough. They really they really crapped a bet on her. In my opinion. They didn't book her great. And then the thing with her and Sasha... And then since their breakup... I just feel like the fans are kind of over it. And WWE has not figured out how to really use her. Without yeah. having to lean on any of the old stuff. Having Ember lose to the uh, top rope uh, belly to belly did make Ember look a little stronger. Right. I wish that Bailey kind of ended it with the elbow as well. Mm. Just so I was like, that's an extra though. That's like that's like extra extra. But I would have wanted um, Ember to just barely kick out of the belly to belly off the top rope and then hit her with the elbow to like. But that's like people kicking out of the top rope AA from John Cena. Like, at some point, you like you got to protect the finisher. Yeah, and like, Ember's Ember's not a top level superstar where she should be able to kick out of a top rope belly to belly. But I mean, the we're not talking Charlotte here. We're not talking belly Sasha. to belly. Is she doesn't finish them with that that often? Not anymore. It's the top rope elbow. Yeah. Or. But traditionally, the Bailey to Bailey was her finisher. That was her finisher until recently, where they started. She started mixing in the top rope elbow. Mm -hmm. So if you're gonna kick out of the top rope belly to belly, it's a, I don't know. That's a lot for me. But if you want to book Ember to be a little stronger and to be resilient, you have her kick out of that move. But that's like taking her from here to like from like a sixty to a hundred in one shot. There's no other top woman on SmackDown but Charlotte. You need somebody else. That's the perfect way to catapult Ember Moon. I guess. Is Naomi on SmackDown anymore? No. She's not. Bro, I have no idea who's on what roster. She's anymore. on Raw. Because she went with the no Usos. Idea. What about, um... Is Wild Card Rule? I have no idea who's on what roster. Uh, what the heck is it? Lana. 
Where's Lana? Her and Rusev have been off for like mad long. Exactly. Zelina Vega? She Smack doesn't have single, singles matches. No. You need another top girl on SmackDown. You can't just have Charlotte and 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 Bailey. You need Ember Moon. I don't like. I don't necessarily like Ember Moon as a character. Mm-hmm. I don't think her in ring work is pretty good, but she can fill the void in the anemic roster that is SmackDown. Yeah. It doesn't have to be either. It doesn't have to be anemic. The tag, the, them having a tag division kind of really messes with everything. Oh, yeah. Sonya Deville and, and Mandy Rose. I forgot they were on SmackDown also. Exactly. Because they were pushing Mandy and then... Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Push have, Sonya Deville. I mean, she can wrestle too. I think Sonya Deville's fantastic. You have Asuka and Kairi Zane, who they have with the Kabuki Warriors nonsense. Asuka should be your top... She's one of your top women. I mean, in NXT she was. She should always be. But that's a different story for a different day. Let's move on. Next match on the card. We had the modern-day Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Kevin Owens. What? Versus Shane McMahon in... The feud that I want to end already. I need this. This this feud ends after this. I think so. I hope so. We had. If Kevin Owens loses, he must quit the WWE. Obviously, they've done this angle before. Oh, have they? Kevin Owens lost. You don't say. And came back about a week later. This time, the stipulation was different. He had no Sami Zayn, and Shane McMahon had Elias. Elias. Elias, as the special guest enforcer at ringside. Elias. Now it was just basically Kevin Owens kicking the dog piss out of Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon getting some offense in, and the Toronto crowd having none of it, with chance of you, you can't, can't wrestle. wrestle. Shane, you suck. You can't wrestle. Um, there was one other one I forgot. But they was they was giving Shane the business in Toronto. Kevin Owens is from Canada? Yes, he is from Canada. So, of course, they're going to be backing Kevin Owens up 1,000%. Right. Match. Closing moments. Kevin Owens has the chair in the ring. He's about to... Well, it was a it was a double ref bump. Um, the ref was outside. Elias was with the ref, so Kevin Owens, out of frustration, does a a senton off the apron, hits both ref, hits both the ref and Elias. So now they're in the ring. The, the chair is introduced, and as the referee comes to and get back in the ring, that's when he sees the chair in Kevin Owens' hands. Kevin Owens has it up. Shane McMahon's like, hit me. Hit me already. And the ref's like, nah, 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 don't do it. And takes Kevin, the chair. Oh, it's like, you're right, you're, you're right. He hands the chair over to the ref. And kicks Shane McMahon in the testicles. No, no, in the grapefruits. The McMahon grapefruit. Oh, the patented McMahon yes, grapefruits? exactly. I thought we had grapefruits just on Vince. It's, it's Stone Cold and McMahon and Jace. 
So, what about the the tangerines? Not the okay, grapefruits. Okay, tangerines, tangerines. Fair enough. The tangerines kicks uh, Shane McMahon right in the tangerines. Right. Stunner. Three. One, two, three. Kevin Owens' job is saved. Yay. That's it. Uh, the following match. Now, this was where the head scratching begins. Because you have Charlotte taking on Trish Stratus. Um, Trish Stratus, obviously, is from Canada. So, of course, she's getting a hometown pop. From Toronto, too. From Toronto. And uh, they gave them a lot of time and made Trish look good. And Trish was selling and bumping like like, like, 100%. Old, like old Trish. She was in there like she wanted to work. Not like she was a legend there just for a one-time paycheck. You mean like Goldberg? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, what was interesting... Okay, so I want to go, I guess, bit by bit. The beginning of the match, Trish was looking smooth but slow. And, you know, I think that's obviously that's attributed to ring rust, not being in the ring for a while, mm-hmm. being a little older. Um, so, like, the moves, they looked like she was messing up, but she wasn't. They were just being executed in super slow motion. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the size difference has to play into that as well. Because mm-hmm. she's much smaller than Charlotte, and so the number, I mean, the level of strength needed may not be what she was used to. Because, mm-hmm. like, she's used to facing someone like Lita, per se. Mm-hmm. Who's also smaller than Charlotte. So you need a little bit more umph for certain moves when you're doing it on Charlotte. Um, so after that, the match picks up a little The match picks up a little bit. Ugh. Speak, William. Um, and then we start to see some, some more offense from both competitors. I believe Trish. So Trish empties out the bag. Mm-hmm. She hits a running bulldog. She hits a satisfaction. She goes. She hits a, a chick kick. kick. She puts Charlotte in the figure four and then bridge to the figure eight, and nothing works. Unfortunately, it takes Charlotte just one big boot and one figure eight to put away Trish Stratus. Now here's where I'm scratching my head. If you have a legend come back for one match off. What is the point of having them lose at in their hometown in that one-off? It's not like she's retiring, mm-hmm. because that makes sense. That like Kurt Angle's farewell tour, his farewell match was his retiring. You go out on your back. That's traditionally that's the, that's the way you do it. Old school guys do that. Yeah, but she did that already. Mm-hmm. She went out. She retired on her back against Lita. Yep. So that's not that, that's not what this was. Usually, when you have these one-offs, they go over. Because it's a fan pop. It's a legacy match. Especially in the hometown. Yes, sir. So why... What does this accomplish for anybody? Uh, It solidifies Charlotte's legacy. We need that? Yes. They already treat her like she's God's gift to wrestling. Nine-time women's champion already. And now... Beating arguably the greatest woman's champion helps her solidify that that moniker as the queen. It's so frustrating. Like, so when people look at John Cena and his title reigns and they compare them to Ric Flair, a lot of traditionalists 
kind of wipe their butt with Cena. It's like Bonds in the home run record. Exactly. When you have to have, like... And I feel like that's what's going to happen with Charlotte. Because Flair has, quote-unquote, 16, but he actually has a lot more of that, more than that because of the territorial stuff, NWA, etc., mm-hmm. that WWE does not recognize. Mm-hmm. So when they compare Cena's 16 to Flair's 16, you're really comparing Cena's 16 to Flair's, like, 24. Mm-hmm. And so when it's like you're boasting and bolstering these numbers, or like when the New Day broke the record, when you could tell that they simply were just pushing it to break the record. Mm-hmm. Like they had, the wheels had fallen off months ago, but they were just scraping, they were just pushing it to the finish line. I feel like that's going to happen to Charlotte. She's going to get to a point in her career where statistically she's the greatest female wrestler of all time, but it's not going to feel that way. Because when you push and shove and manufacture things, it doesn't feel the same. I mean, Charlotte is 33. She just turned 33 this year. She's got at least 10 years left in her career. Mm, 10 years? Depending on if and when she, has, she wants to have kids. I'd say she has maybe, if she wants kids, maybe another four years. Dude, look at Mickey James. Mickey James in her 40s. She could go. She took time off to have kids. So then Charlotte may take some time off if she wants to have kids. If she wants to have kids. And if she doesn't want to have kids, then she'll go into her... She's 40? She could easily do another 10 years. And with her athleticism? I mean, she she may very well be a 17, 18-time women's champion. Ugh. Which is a little corny. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if I felt like it was all earned, but mm-hmm. I don't. I feel like some of it is earned, and some of it is given, and I don't like that. I don't like that. I mean, it doesn't help that her and Sasha were trading the belt back and forth every other week. See, but that doesn't bother me because it made sense for the story. No, it doesn't. It made sense for the story at the time. Mm-hmm. It really bolstered that rivalry like crazy. I mean, you and I have never seen eye to eye on that whole thing, but I don't mind that window of, of the trade-offs. But, like, did she need to be involved in WrestleMania? No, she didn't. No. You're right there. You know? Like, stuff like that is what bugs me, because she's forever going to have a list of accomplishments that don't need to be there. I mean, she's a fantastic worker. Don't get, of course! I'm not saying she... I'm not taking anything away from her. But if her father wasn't Ric Flair, would she have the same accomplishment? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Is she really that much better than the other four horsewomen? I don't think so. Is she really that much better in the ring than Sasha, Bailey, and uh, and Becky? I don't think so. Uh, she's definitely better than Becky. Out of the four horsewomen, Becky's by far the, the weakest in terms of wrestling. I think I didn't say that. I can, I can agree there. I think it's Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey, Becky. But not by much. I think... You know what? I'd even go as far as to say that Charlotte's probably the best out of the four of them. Either way, even if you do put Charlotte at number one, is she that much far ahead of the other no, three? If it's, no, it's gotta be, it's like 1-1-A with That's her what and I'm Sasha. Sa- That's what I'm saying. Sasha isn't allowed to hold the belt at a WrestleMania. I mean, at a pay-per-view, God forbid. But Charlotte has a million freaking title reigns. A million, you know, 
title shots, a million this, a million that. She's all these accomplishments. What does Sasha get? A nephew. She gets a kick in the crotch every other week. Has it been on TV after WrestleMania? Yep. In terms of like in ring storytelling, like Sasha's probably the best woman they have on the roster for that. Mm. In ring, not not. I'm not talking about like technique. No. About storytelling. Especially when she's a heel. Especially when she's a heel. There's been so much time removed since she was a heel that I don't even remember heel Sasha Banks. I remember that she was a good talker as a heel. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, some of the work that she did with Bailey in NXT is just, like, Charlotte, unreal magic. Charlotte can tell a story in the ring. Yeah, but it's the same story every time. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Um. Let's move on. Yeah, we can because we can we can, do this we can debate this all day for a long time. Till cows come home. I don't even have cows. <laughs> Just am one. Too too easy for me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Next match: Kofi Kingston versus Randall Keith Orton for the WWE Championship. In what I would say is the surprise finish of the night. Yeah. Definitely surprise finish of the night, but not... But for all the wrong reasons. Yes. And this match also had the best chant of the night. Kofi stupid. Randy sucks. And I'm not just glee because it's, it's Kofi stupid, but it, it makes sense in the storyline. Yeah. That's why. I'm like, oh, it's brilliant. Thank you, Toronto. Thank you. I knew I loved you for a reason. I mean, they spun it to where Randy's keeping was keeping uh, Kofi down for right. these years, but it was if you everyone really knew it's a botch. Right, like all, all wrestling fans know the true story of the stupid, stupid, stupid thing, but I think it was brilliant on WWE's part to spin it and turn it into Randy Orton keeping Kofi down. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's really good on your part. Okay, you you do sometimes know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then, what I did like, what you and I have been saying for months, maybe definitely over half a year. Kofi wasn't originally going to be pushed this way. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even thought of. Mm-mm. And Randy Orton said it. The only reason, uh, I am the reason, Kofi Mania exists. Because if I didn't hurt Ali, you weren't in that gauntlet match. Mm-hmm. You weren't in that elimination chamber. Mm-hmm. He said, I hurt Ali, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. There is no Kofi Mania without me. There is no WrestleMania moment without me. None of this happens without me. And I was like, huh, yeah, you think? And I'm glad that they used it. Again, this, the, the story... The overarching story for this match is the best they've done with Kofi since he's been the champion. Yeah. I mean... Where they used the stupid thing. They, you know, used the, the, the reality of the fact that Kofi wasn't supposed to be in that match. All of it. They used all of it. Even if Kofi had won this match, in terms of the way they told the story, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been too upset. Because they, they cause it would have made sense then. You know, oh, Kofi's like, Randy was holding him down, Randy thought this, Randy thought he wasn't ready, Randy thinks this, and then Kofi overcomes that and beats Randy Orton to prove that he's ready. 
Yeah, but that's a, a story told. Yeah, but he's already uh, overcame adversity, where but uh, this, you're a B player and you're, right, you know, right. But this is like a different, more personal version of that. This is one specific incident that happened. This is like a a microcosm of that entire thing, mm-hmm. which is like again, if if he had won, I would not have been too mad because of the storytelling. I don't like Kofi winning, so I would have been upset by that. But in terms of the way the story's told, I would have been cool with it. Um, what I hated was the finish. Boy, if I was in that arena, I would have been so angry. Well, they would count, uh, you know, chanting bullspit. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> the way the match ends, Kofi goes for a crossbody from the top rope, which Randy Orton reverses into an RKO. Randy, quote-unquote, has expelled so much energy that he can't go across and put the cover on Kofi. He finally drags his body. Kofi rolls out of the ring. Randy follows him. Happens to be that they're right in front of Kofi's kids and wife. So Randy Orton grabs Kofi by the hair, starts kind of like pseudo-taunting... His son. His son with Kofi... And then Kofi comes to, they start brawling, and within the first two punches thrown... We hear the bell. The bell rings. And I'm like, what the taco stand is going on? Double count out. And... Ugh. I was just... This was the safest way to end the match. But you don't... If this is the WWE Championship match at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and you end with a double count out? No. No. Absolutely not. I mean, last year we had a double count out between AJ and, and Samoa Joe. Yeah, how well did that go over? It it furthered their storyline. But it still went over like a wet fart. Mm. You don't do double count outs with a championship at a big four. You don't. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm saying, like... The there first, are other ways to further the story without doing that. For the sake of the storyline, this worked. Especially post-match where Kofi was so irate that how dare Randy look at his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He beat him down with a kendo stick. But this is also, but that's proof of bad booking. The big fours should be where your stories resolve. Mm -hmm. So why didn't, if you needed to continue the story, hello, get us done sooner. Whatever story beats you're trying to hit, hit them sooner. So by the time we get to SummerSlam, we can wrap it up. But this was only a three-week feud. And whose fault is that? Oh, ten years in the making, but a three-week feud. What I'm saying, though, like, then then if you can't finish it here, don't start it. Well, you can't have the WWE title not on the big four. Okay, so then have it be something that you can end in one shot. And with who? It's Kofi. Who cares? Trick Maverick. Same thing. No. On equal level playing field with Kofi. That's disrespectful. That's that's outright. You know, go to the next one. That's, not, that's, just, that's downright disrespectful, son. That is downright disrespectful. Just saying. The following, <laughs> the following match may be my highlight of the night. We had Finn Balor taking on the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Uh, this is the first time that we're going to see Bray Wyatt in a singles match since the new debut 
of Bray since the Firefly the Funhouse and the Fiend and the Puppets and all this stuff. Muscle Man Dance, all that. So everyone's intrigued. What are we going to get? Finn comes out, does his Finn thing, whatever. Then lights go out. No, Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Firefly Funhouse intro plays. Then it kind of like winds down like a kind of thing. Like the real kind of Right, right, right. Exactly. Uh, Lights go out. And then we get the new version of Bray Wyatt's entrance music, which I think is fantastic. Bizzle didn't like it too much. Yeah, whatever. Bizzle thinks Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a good movie, so what does he know? Um... He's just coming from the man's life tonight. <laughs> um, what you noticed right off the bat, which I thought was really cool also, was the new lantern is designed to be Bray Wyatt's head. So his own head is the lantern. He comes down, with the, you know, the new music, the head lantern... It just everything about it feels cool. <clears throat> I mean, his intro always was cool to me. Yeah, but I feel like this was amped. Yeah. The music hits, and the way the music crashes now to end, like the music's playing, and then just doosh, and it's over. Lights hit. Yeah. And he's just standing there, and I'm like, okay. And the Toronto crowd definitely was all about it. Because they started chanting, this is awesome. Like, as soon as he was done with his entrance. As it was awesome. As it was awesome. It, it, was, it, was, a, it was a good entrance. Mm-hmm. I was The one thing that I said was like, I always loved Bray Wyatt's original intro music. Mm. Please keep it. Mm. And it took a while for me to realize that it was, until they started with the vocals, mm-hmm. I was like, the yeah, because new theme is cool, but us man, I really liked his old one, and they they threw a sort of heavier yeah spin on his original uh, intro, and I was like, beautiful, yeah, like this is this is there's no um, there's no lights as usual, mm-hmm. and then you have the fireflies with mm-hmm. everybody in their lights, and I was like, this is perfect. perfect. And this was like, oh no, it's so plain. And I was like, what do you know? Is it as generic? I'm generic. like, what? Uh, go go sleepy time. Um, time for sleepy time, Bobo. Go sleepy time. So it's funny when he was before he like redebuted his package, his repackage. Excuse me. Um, he would constantly go on Twitter and ask for bands that he should get to do his new music. Mm-hmm. And so like people thought that he was gonna like pull a CM Punk or an Edge and license a song from a band and use that, which had been corny. Right. So that concerned me to no extent. Mm-hmm. And to see what they ended up doing was, I'm guessing they hired some band and was like, all right, can you write a riff that's going to fit in with what we already have and kind of just make it cooler and darker and heavier? They didn't use the original band? I have no idea. I have no clue. I, have n- I literally know nothing. Because it'd be easier to get the original band like, hey, can you do your song just heavier? I mean, if the band isn't a heavy band, then, you know, maybe they can't. I don't know. You're right. All I know is, I heard the riff, and I was like, ooh, riff is good. 
and then realized it was a new variation of the old theme, and I was like, oh, that's nice. Anyway, let's get to the match itself. I was hoping the match was going to be a squash, and to a degree, it kind of was. It was only three minutes and 25 seconds long. Um, it was mostly Bray's offense, and what I loved about Bray and The Fiend is that this feels different because he's more aggressive. Now, when he's throwing you an Irish whip into the ropes, he's not doing a traditional style where he grabs onto your wrist with one hand and then he pushes you in the back with the other. This was he grabbed Finn by the back of the neck and shoved him towards the ropes. Mm -hmm. You know, he headbutted him instead of a shoulder block. Mm -hmm. It was little things like that where the fiend was far more aggressive. Where he did an Uranagi and he threw him like across the ring. Yeah. So the fact that the fiend seems to be a more aggressive version of Bray Wyatt, which is what Finn Balor's demon should always have been, by the way. Mm-hmm. That I loved. And then what really got me geeked out was at one point he seems to kind of be struggling with himself for like a split second. Kind of like 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 puts his hands in his face like what's going on. Goes back to doing his Bray Wyatt stuff. And then again later he's in the corner and he's staring at his hands and he's trying to talk to himself and he seems like he's struggling within himself and I'm like oh my god yes this is everything that we asked for exactly I'm like this is the Bray that I need in my life right now Mm -hmm. this is perfect this is beautiful this is like I've never been so happy with a a character I I just I was just gushing Mm -hmm. and then um, I got a little concerned because Finn did get in some offense Bray was taking some hits but he was able to catch him at some point. He went for the coup de gras. He caught him. Sister Abigail, mandible claw that he turned into a pin while still with the mandible claw. And I was like, beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is the Bray Wyatt re-debut that I wanted. This is perfect. I could not have asked for <laughs> anything better. I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm looking at Twitter real quick. And this pertains to our conversation right now. Says WWE has screwed up a lot of things this year. Mm-hmm. Fact. This was not one of them. Fact. Fact. That was Flex Offender. Bray Bray Wyatt's redebut was perfect. This is perfect. I, I I can't say anything else other than thank you for if if this was giving Bray creative control, thank you for doing that. Okay, so if there was someone on the creative team who thought of this with Bray. Please forever work with Bray. Whatever got us this, thank you. Well, Bray doing the whole Bray Wyatt Wyatt family thing, that was his thing. He wanted to do that. Okay. And after much searching of the interweb, it is the same song. The song, his name is uh, Broken Out of Love. Okay. And a man sung the original version, and mm-hmm. this time there it's is a woman. a woman singing it. So, yeah, it is a different band yeah. doing it. I'm sure that WWE put the copyrights to the song. Um, yeah, I'm sure WWE owns that song. But there's one part of the match, excuse me, that you didn't bring up. And it was perfect if they ended the match that way. 
Oh, you're right. I forgot about that because that was that, that was, was yowie, dark. That was yaoi wowie. That was yaoi wowie where you and I both were taken aback, like literally taken aback. So Bray Wyatt is in the seat. Oh, excuse me. Finn Balor is in the seated position. Um, Bray Wyatt grabs him, and Slowly. everyone looking, everyone looking at that, you know, scenario is like. He's going to try to neck snap him. He slowly starts turning his head in one direction. Mm-hmm. And then he quickly snaps it in the other. Yeah. And for me, and and Thrill, we were saying he should have won this way. He should have won this way because it would, would have taken Balor off TV for a little while. Which is what we heard the plans are anyway. Exactly. And then Balor can come back in October around uh, Hell in the Cell. They're doing that. And then The Fiend versus The Demon. Right. Sells itself. People are saying, though, that The Fiend should beat The Demon. I think. I mean, after tonight, I want him to. I am all in on The Fiend right now. Mm. Right now. Right now, I'm all in on The Fiend. I have, if they do that, I need a no contest where both men fly off the stage or the cage or something where they're both incapacitated. Agree. I mean, these are both supernatural, supposedly, supernatural beings, Mm -hmm. supernatural powers that are above being just a man. One is supposedly a god, the other one is a fiend. Like, we need this to be some crazy, like, they disappear onto the face of the earth. Kind of thing like there needs to be a no contest. I agree. Yeah, I agree. One is not better than the other. Mm-hmm. They are on equal terms. They exist simultaneously, but neither at all at the same time. Some crazy like Schrodinger's cat kind of style thing. So Bray the Fiend Wyatt. I'm all in. I'm all in on the Fiend right now. Defeats Finn Balor. Yeah. And I don't think anybody was unhappy about the way that that match went. Agreed. It was tremendifique. Sure. Well, we move on to the main event. It's all you, buddy. Seth Burn It Down Rollins versus The Beast. Brock Lesnar. Lesnar. Where Brock Lesnar kicked the dog piss out of Seth Rollins for about 10, ten minutes, minutes of the match. Seth Rollins got in some offense, super kicked him outside onto the table. Frog splash. Inside the ring. Kick again. Curb stomp, curb stomp. One, two, three. Seth Rollins wins the, the Universal Championship. Seth Rollins got booed coming out. Toronto booed Seth Rollins coming out. Yeah, they did. And they cheered him afterwards? Fickle. 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 Get out of here, Toronto. Hey, listen. Toronto booed Kofi. I'm cool. I'm. T- they didn't boo Kofi. They booed the circumstances. They booed Kofi. You just wish they booed Kofi. Everyone should be booing Kofi. Not my champion. <laughs> Drake Maverick for WWE champion. 
I mean, if Kofi can be a WWE champion, why not Drake Maverick? This guy's name is Rockstar Spud in Impact. I know. I'm aware of this. I know who he used to be. Drake Maverick. And Kofi used to be Jamaican. What's your point? <laughs> Wrestling is so Weird. <laughs> Wrestling is so weird. Wrestling is so weird. So if Seth Rollins become a two-time uni- Universal Champion. United, United Universal? United Universal Continental Champion. Two-time Universal Champion. Why take the belt off of him, put it on Brock for a month, to take it off Brock to put it on Seth again? Because reasons. Because of reasons. Our next pay-per-view is Clash of Champions. Where every title will be on the, on the line. line. Maybe that's why they put it on Seth, because they knew Brock wasn't up to that. Yeah, but who does he face? Roman. Roman's on SmackDown. I'm sorry, what? Wanna try that again? They're talking about canceling the wildcard rule, so if they cancel it, Roman can't fight for it. So he's not on Raw. But that matters. Roman was on the posters for SummerSlam and then wasn't even on SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah, no, he really wasn't. He wasn't. He was in every promotional, in the opening video, everything. But he was not on the show. I mean, they could all. play it like Roman got attacked somewhere, and that's why he wasn't on Sma- SummerSlam yeah. and all this. You know how WWE can spin this bad boy. That's so messed up for the kids in the crowd who actually want to see him, and the like two percent adults. With the Roman Reigns gear? Who always have the Roman Reigns gear? Like, Best. there's no adult Roman Reigns fan who doesn't have, like, the gauntlet and the chest protector. It's like the same thing with the uh, John Cena fans. Where they got the hat, every the, freaking the shirt, sweatband. the wrist bread, yeah. oh, man. The jean shorts. The jorts. Yo, I like jorts. Jorts are comfortable. No. Don't judge me. You don't know me. No. <laughs> jean shorts. Jean shorts. So let's... Let's do what we do. Match of the night. Shades, what you got? Uh, Wyatt versus Finn Balor. Now, I don't like giving squash matches or very short matches match of the night, but it did a good job at reintroducing Bray Wyatt and introducing The Fiend. And to have that done correctly... For me, it makes it match of the night. Okay. So, I struggle with giving a match of the night because, to me, I'm thinking bell to bell. Bell to bell was the best match of the night and the work rate. Can't. Can't be. But, I 100% agree with everything that you said mm-hmm. and so I'm glad that at least you picked it. Mm-hmm. Because now, it lets me look for the work rate match of the night. <sighs> Now, what is the work rate match of the night? I feel like I'd be remiss to not say AJ and Ricochet. You know? Yeah, I mean, the for majority of the night, AJ versus Ricochet was my match of the night. Right. Because Charlotte and Trish was good. It was fine, it was, especially for what it was. I was surprised. And Bailey and Ember Moon wasn't bad either. Right, it wasn't bad, but didn't do anything for me in terms of, like, catching me. Um, Seth and Brock I wasn't crazy about Kofi and Randy was meh another good match but just and then the, 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 just the ending, ending is just a you're not gonna win me on that 
So yeah, I'll go. I'll go. AJ versus Ricochet is my match of the night, with a special nod to you for your match of the night because I agree with you wholeheartedly. Now, per usual, whenever we have a show, pay per view, whatever, we like to rate it on a one to five tope rating system. Tope is a move in professional wrestling, and we like to say the hell with stars. Let's go some topes and let's. Let's jump over the rope for you guys. Or through the ropes, depending on if it's a Soacita or a Conhero, whatever. One through five. Mr. Shades. SummerSlam 2019. How many topes does it get from you? I have gone back and forth with this. This is, this is basically tale of two halves. Okay. The first half was a wet fart for me. Okay. After match six, six through 12. Starts to pick up. Picks up. Agreed. So, as usual, I like to start at a five. Okay. First five matches brought that down to a zero. Okay. The next six matches, seven matches, did a good job at building me back up there. Mm-hmm. I landed at 2.5. Okay. Right smack, smack dab, dab in the middle. middle. Okay. Wasn't fantastic. It wasn't Extreme Rules. Right. But it wasn't as bad as, let's say, Backlash, you know, 2018. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'd say 2.5 is the high, absolute highest that I'll go. Okay. This might be the first time ever that I'm going to give out a lower rating than you do. Wow. The minute that show ended, I had one number in my head the entire time. That's a big old two. Okay. That's a two Z. Um, almost a two. Like my brain wanted to go two point five when, as you were talking about it, I was like, oh, maybe they could have a two point five. But I'm looking at the 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 match card, and I, other than Bray and Finn, that's the only thing that got me excited. Everything else was kind of just either chilling in the water or go away. Mm-hmm. Like, I have zero interest in ever revisiting this this show other than Bray and Finn. So for that alone, I'm just going to sit at two, hold it at two, and it's a twosies. Okay. Yeah. I could, uh... I could, I could see that. Now, normally, for the big fours... We uh, have a we have some friends that we that we engage with on Facebook, and put some predictions out and see who has the most predictions. Right, um, it's usually a lot of fun. I take it more seriously usually, but this week I kind of wanted to like roll the dice a lot. So I'm pretty sh- I'm you've been keeping track shades. I have not. I'm pretty sure I'm like at least under five hundred probably because I did not have a good week. I don't think. But tell us who won our predictions. For SummerSlam 2019. So we have a tie. Okay. Amanda C. And Big Sexy Joey. Hey. Are tied for first place. Because they had an identical picks. Mm-hmm. Of course, everyone took the L with the Brock Lesnar. Everyone took the L with the Kofi and Orton. And what helped them stay ahead 
was they picked Charlotte when I picked Trish. Mm-hmm. So I came in second place. So congratulations to Big Sexy, Joey, and to Amanda C., who probably is not listening, but whatever, that's fine. Joey, uh, <laughs> Paige and I came in second place. Okay. Uh, both tied for second. Okay. Alan didn't even try this time. <laughs> Alan went undefeated a couple of years ago. You remember- didn't watch wrestling at all, and this time it showed he didn't watch wrestling at all. Bad <laughs> boy, Tampa boy. And our guy, Will, the thrill. Oh, how bad did I do? Well, you took an L on the Brock. Okay. You took an L on Orton. Yeah. You took an L on Ember. Yeah. You took an L on and Shane. Shane. <laughs> you took an L on Trish. Trish. You took an L on Apollo. Apollo. <laughs> so, so you are 500 right now. <laughs> I told you, I, every, like, any match that was not a given, I was like, Let's go for the least likely answer, you know? I did the opposite of Occam's Razor. So, Bizzle gave no predictions, and Hugo and Tom, the Suburban Boys... The suburban Brothers. ...did not give picks as well. So it was just a, you know, it was a, a low-key low type predictions list for us. This I time. take the blame for that. Cause I oh, I'm sorry, like- Ray. I didn't put Ray in there. Ray's picks were all over the place also. Oh, Ray do. Uh, he lost with Brock. He lost with Orton. He lost with Ziggler. And that's it. Okay, not bad. He not took, a bad showing. Took three losses. I, I take the blame for the uh, the people who didn't submit picks. I normally put the uh, the picks post out the Wednesday after the go-home show of SmackDown, but mm-hmm. I did not. <laughs> I didn't put it up until earlier today. So that's my bad. But, uh, hey. Whatever, congrats again to Joey and Amanda. And I think that's going to uh, do it for our review and recap of WWE SummerSlam 2019 live from the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, home of the champion NBA champion Toronto Raptors. Larry O'Brien trophy holders. That's right. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, of course, for listening to us here on SoundCloud.com. slash grapples to apples. Let's grapples the number two. two. Apples, or you might have been listening to us on Google Play Music or on Apple Podcasts. As always, don't forget to check us out on our social media pages, Facebook.com, Twitter.com, slash Grapples to Apples. Again, that's Grapples, the number two apples. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Will the Thrill, Poetarian, Shakespearean Candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be. That's who I be, because that's who I is. Joined by my hetero life mate. Man of the hour. Man with the power. Too damn sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop. Rise to the top. Yeah, boy. Shades. Don't forget to catch us on this week's weekly episode going up on Saturday morning because an apple a day keeps the bad wrestling away. Peace. Peace and love.